You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, buns, buns. Hello, lovers. Welcome to You Gotta Love It, the show where you tell us and the rest of the world the things that you love that we might have missed, the show you come to discover the best things you never knew existed, and the show where you can force us to sit through the worst entertainment you can find and say, well, you gotta love it. I was afraid I wasn't gonna be able to get through it. Like, it's been a while Mm -hmm. since I've done that. And I started thinking about the first couple episodes, couple, the first like 10 episodes that we did where I just couldn't remember. That's right. The introduction. And then the occasional episode where you either just didn't care, you were too tired. Yeah. Or were intoxicated at the time of recording. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, my name is Koji. I am part-time sweaty, full-time hungover. Mm. And Cario Mart. With me, as always, is my good friend and barbecue misser, mm. Andrew Patterson. Much to my chagrin. Yeah, too busy with your your community commitments to yeah. uh, have a good time with us alcoholic maniacs. It was cool though. Saw some pretty adorable stuff. Nice. Getting these kids paint on plates, and one of the kids put his plate on the ground for a second, and then stepped in it, and it got stuck to his shoe. Aww. And then he was walking around with a painty shoe with a plate stuck to the bottom of it, just getting blue paint everywhere. just everywhere. Uh, anyway, good times. Yeah, good times. Did it? Did it uh, end up going late? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's like a there's like a two hour interactive live painting followed by a musical performance followed by a outdoor movie, and then we do tear down. But the oh, movie, what movie? The, uh, the movie was the Prophet, but we didn't actually get to watch it because it started to rain quite heavily. Actually, oh. uh, at least where we were, it didn't seem like it was raining everywhere in the city, but it was raining hard enough that we had to do tear down early. Sure. Uh, but yeah, what's on tap? Well, we are talking about movies that I need alcohol for. Mm. Speaking of alcohol, uh, the Tom Cruise's The Mummy as the You Gotta Love It. The reboot reboot. Yeah, kind of. Reboot squared. It's not, I, I mean, I don't put them in the same, they have the same title, but I wouldn't put the Brendan Fraser Mummy and the Tom Cruise Mummy anywhere close to one another. Yeah, but they're both reboot. Like the the Brendan Fraser one was like them rebooting, yeah. But it's not really Universal Monster, right? But Mummy it, reimagining it. I mean, it's just a character. It's not like a reboot of a story. Do you know Fair what enough. I mean? Yeah. Whereas most reboots are like the same story retold with a different lens. Mm-hmm. This is not the like that's. It's unique in that sense, though, because if you saw, yeah, it's like Superman or Batman. It's like after Christopher Nolan does three Batman movies yeah. and then they make a new Batman movie. Do you consider that, is that just a sequel or is it a reimagining? Is it a re, you know, like if the, if the, if the canon is altered in any way, like the mom, the universal monsters characters, like if somebody did a new Frankenstein's monster movie, yeah, would it be considered a reboot or just like, oh no, it's just a new movie with that character. No, I, I would say that it just exists on its own. It's, just, it's this weird thing, right? Like if you watch, um, oh. Penny Dreadful mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Has like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in it. Has like, uh, yeah. shit. What's that guy who never ages? Dorian Gray. Mm-hmm. And then all of these things. But like, it's not, 
I wouldn't consider it like and there's vampires i wouldn't consider it like a dracula story or a mummy story or whatever it's just like those characters are included in this story yeah it's 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 strange right but like i i feel like it you know it's taking license with certain characters but not a not a story like if someone were to reboot the batman franchise which i've done a few times Mm -hmm. telling the story of how he lost his parents Mm -hmm. that's kind of a reboot Right. In my eyes. You know, it's interesting about this new mummy movie, which I almost just want to jump right to the end and spoil it. Hold on. Before we get into that, though, really quickly, (laughs) uh, the hidden gem for this week is Turbo Kid. Right. We'll come back to it. Wait, do we start with the... I always mix it up. We start with the hidden gems? Um, Yeah, we do. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about Turbo Kid. Yeah. If you thought I was about to spoil the other movie, then you're in luck for at least another 20 minutes yeah. or maybe 15. I don't know. The mummy was spoiled from the get-go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay, Turbo Kid. So it's a... French-Canadian? French-Canadian-made movie, I believe? Uh, in, in conjunction with Australia, I think, or New Zealand. New Zealand. Okay. In, con- in conjunction with New Zealand. Um, it, it is a post-apocalyptic sci-fi 80s retro it's like a throwback they said it was an homage to kids movies yeah from that era but it itself is not at all a kids movie i mean it's well, just hyper violent everything about it is feels like childish enough to be a kids movie except for the violence which rivals most b movies that i've seen at least yeah that's not really my i don't really go in for that but sure uh, that caught me off guard. It, it definitely has a trauma-esque quality it's, to it's, it. It's said in the synopsis, which was the only thing I read, it was like um, uh, very graphic, like a something-something kids, basically we just how we just described it. So yeah. like with surprising, uh, surprising amount of gore. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure. And then it was really gory. Yeah. Like that dude, the scene in the pit where it really gets out of control sure, like yeah. for the <laughs> first time. And it's like... That guy like slips on the there's like blood in a fighting pit. There's like a series of characters facing off, slips and falls on his own shiv, which goes into his eye, and then yeah. he stands up and gets his head crushed by a cinder block mallet. Yeah. It's it's a weird mix of like sci fi action and like slapstick. Yeah. Like when the guy hits the dude the cowboy, the yeah. arm wrestling cowboy, hits hits the like there. Kids movie. Arm yeah. wrestling cowboy. When he like crushes the helmet with the horns on it into the back of the guy's head and one of the horns comes out his eye socket with the eye on it yeah and then it just is like literally like a trauma like a b-horror movie shot where it's like blood like it's like fucking evil dead it's like just like he's got a chainsaw the blood is just like covering this guy's face and he's just going ah like he's not screaming in fear he's screaming with like primal rage yeah like battle rage but there's just i was just like jesus christ uh, yeah. And there were, you know, this is, again, it's not really my thing, but there were parts that were legitimately human. Like, you kind of just had to laugh. Like, it was so, right. like, when there's a point where a guy gets impaled with, like, a giant, like, beach umbrella, like a parasol. Oh, and then he opens and it? And then he opens it, and the person explodes, and yeah. you're just like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. I, at first, I, like, was like, is this a hidden gem? But the more I watched it, I was like, oh, yeah, this is definitely a hidden gem. Like, I didn't think I was going to like it from from the get-go because I was like, I don't know what's going on here. But then, mm-hmm. and it kind of felt cheap and whatever, but as I as I watched it, 
it, it like grew on me. There's like, um, I mean, there's definitely a nostalgia there, but there's also just like, it has this quality that I can't really put my finger on that, that in, it's very endearing. The movie I find. Yeah. They're yeah. making a sequel. The weird thing is I feel, Oh yeah. About him in the wasteland. Yeah. The weird thing is I feel like for me, weirdly, if it wasn't for that stark juxtaposition of the extreme gore and everything else, yeah, I wouldn't care about this movie. Which right. like is disrespectful to the creators maybe, but like I like if you remove those elements of it, you know, which I guess is kind of the whole point. I was just sort of like, you know, it's not like the the story isn't particularly original. Like it's an homage, but it's also just kind of like you know all of the beats before they happen. Right. The acting isn't like stellar. It's like almost intentionally campy, but like it doesn't quite hit the like full on camp right. for most of the characters. The cowboy I thought didn't okay. So, so essentially. Just to really quickly up. wrap up the the movie, it it is Mad Max Fury Road without cars, but with laser beams, essentially, right? You got yeah, this like and a lot of and bikes. People ride they ride little like bikes or BMX bikes, yeah, yeah, of cars. Not not, not motorcycles, yeah, like BMXs. Yeah. Anyway, so you were saying, um, it just wasn't like I kind of like you. Like I was watching it, and I was like, okay, like. <clears throat> just supporting like independent film, you know, you're kind of like, okay, cool. Obviously not everybody has a budget of billions of dollars. Yeah. Um, the robot was so French Canadian. Like, <laughs> yeah. Her, yeah. Her accent and everything. I was just like, Oh, you are so French Canadian. There was just like a, yeah. Like it was, it was fun, but it was, I guess just because I'd seen so much stuff like that. It oh, wasn't spoiler like, alert, by the way. Yeah. It wasn't like full stranger things. Nostalgia. Well, yeah, no, of course not. I know, but I'm just saying like, had it been, then I think it could have stood on its own apart from the violence. But I like it, the soundtrack. <clears throat> it didn't go all the way. So it was kind of like the you were so startled by the violence that you didn't really expect. Yeah. That it almost made you like watch to be like, okay, like what other crazy shit is going to happen in this movie? Yeah. Um, yeah. And you're not really disappointed if you continue watching it. Like there's some pretty crazy horribly disgusting shit that happens which again not not really my thing yeah but balanced this in such a weird way that it definitely made an impact right it, I, I mean it's definitely fun you know for all yeah. of its like weird things i look back on it fondly I, I, now would i go and watch it again i might if you know if i was with, sitting down friends yeah if i was sitting down <laughs> at like daryl's place or something and i was like oh dude check this out Right, like if yeah. you know, and like some other people were there, the and we were thing. all like watching it. That that'd be great. But like, I, it's not one of those ones that I'm going to constantly revisit. However, I will watch the sequel. Yeah, I'll when, watch the sequel whenever that comes out, and I'm sure they'll get more money because apparently it was like insanely yeah. did insanely well for for yeah. an indie movie. Good for them. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was interesting for sure. I kind of wanted the him getting the suit to be more. Uh, of a thing fantastic yeah right like kind of like a like a a mega man or a metroid where he like steps in a pod or something and then it's like you know whatever like encases him in this is there a part where he where the cowboy with his replacement arm rips off the bottom of a guy's head he's gonna rip off a guy's jaw yeah yeah and then he stabs him in the eyes that's right that's what it was i remember watching that just being like okay 
Remember the last fight where the guy gets cut in half and, and lands on top of the other guy? Yeah. And they like stack up. Yeah. There's like three of them tall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, man. Yeah, it was out of control. Lloyd Kaufman would be proud, I the, think. The the like the fight scene at the end, the, there's this cow this cowboy character that's just kind of brawling with guys. Yeah, he doesn't have any sharp objects. He's just like punching guys, and it's all very like street fight. And you're like, okay, well, he's not really killing these guys. He's just knocking them down, and then he just grabs this guy's jaw and rips his jaw off. And if that wasn't enough, which it would be, he then. That like uses the jawbone to like stab the guy in his eyes, and yeah. it's so graphic. Anyway, clearly the the graphic violence is what did you like it? Them, uh, yeah, it was all right. Like I had, f- I guess I had fun watching it, but I it wasn't like, you know, I don't know. I didn't love it. I liked it. It was a masterpiece. Yeah, yeah. It, it's somewhere in the middle for me. You yeah. know, I'm interested to see what they could do with more money because even though you know money doesn't make a movie it certainly can have a huge impact on it. i mean i'm expecting it to be the, well, the what they did with their budget in terms of the gore which is like b-movie gore the second one will probably be just repulsive yeah yeah i'm i'm, I'm excited for them to, to like be able to put a bit more money into it and like yeah make it feel even more futuristic or like yeah. i mean hopefully they the one thing that was cool is the degree of practical effects like any of the cg effects were intentionally like I assume intentionally, you know, like the lasers, like they very felt very well, like eighties, eighties. Yeah. Like noticeable, like it wasn't like they were trying to make it like super lifelike, but then like all of the violence and the makeup and stuff was all like practical. So it just, you're like, Ooh, it had that like gross weighted feeling that like old movies that used animatronics and makeup and practical effects have, which, you know, CG still hasn't really been able to match that trick your brain quite in the same way, but yeah, it's good. Might be a good segue to go from that to a movie that heavily used special effects CG. Yeah. The Mummy. The Mummy. Okay, so out of the gate, it's a stinker. <laughs> it is, right? Like I'm if you if you like exposition, if you want <laughs> if you want a movie that features somebody talking over montages for a solid half an hour, then maybe this movie is right up your alley. <laughs> But otherwise, you know. Mm. Can I talk about the things I liked? Yeah. Okay. Well, so what I was going to say before you get into that, and then this will be, you just get right into it, is it, it is a high budget Tom Cruise movie. So there's going to be things to like about it. Right? Yeah. Like you can't, <laughs> yeah. there's no way that you'd, you'd watch this whole movie and be like, nothing about this was cool or good <laughs> at all. Right. So anyway, yeah, go ahead. What did, what did yeah. you like? Uh so one thing that was surprising to me having seen the trailers for this movie i'm so used to tom cruise basically only being in movies where he is the best at everything right like you know ethan hunt ethan hunt even like when he's making fun of himself he's kind of like the boss man you know like in tropic thunder like he's in in mission impossible he's literally like that born or that bond like character where he basically has no shortcomings his short his perceived shortcomings are not really shortcomings right it's he's just, just like, like he's not sensitive to people's feelings or something like yeah just like, but but then that doesn't really matter in the context of the movie anyways no. and like women will still fall in love with him and he can still have friends and stuff even though it's completely unrealistic like he's basically just and so i assumed based on the trailers and having seen 
fucking whatever, Jack Reacher, Mission Impossible, like all fucking anything he's done post like 80s. Eh, early 90s. Maybe. Early 90s. Jerry Maguire was, you know, that was pretty good. No, I'm not saying he's not in good movies. I just mean like where. But he, he wasn't. He wasn't the man in Jerry Maguire. You kind of okay. like. Sure. Anyway, go ahead. I expected him to be this like brilliant uh, archaeologist slash mercenary slash you know treasure uh, hunter Indiana Jones. Right. But he's basically just an idiot. He's just some guy that is not even particularly clever, and he's an idiot and a coward. Yeah, and he doesn't really have his only his skills are not even particularly like it's not like a situation where he walks into like a tomb and it's like, wait, careful. If you step on that acid, you know, he's just kind of like, oh, I wonder what this does. Yeah, I'm going to take that. And he's just like a liar. And he's just he's not a very I mean, if this was an RPG, he'd be the thief character. Yeah, but not a cool thief, just like just like a shitty thief. And weirdly that's like seems like such a stupid thing to like but i was like oh well this is like the departure yeah this is like the first tom cruise movie i've seen in a while where he just plays some fucking idiot and like the whole beginning sequence where they kind of made a joke out of it when they when uh guy from new girl whose name i can never remember right his partner his partner is like oh we shouldn't do this and then it just cuts and it's like i can't believe you talked me into this and then you know like the usual thing but like even in that sequence, it's not like he is saving him, you know? And like, oh, don't worry, I'll get us out of this. He just kind of like, yeah, I fucked up. We're probably going to die. This, this sucks. It's kind of like the opposite of Johnny Depp, where yeah. every one of his movies, he's just like a bumbling idiot. And then yeah. when he's not, you're like, oh, shit, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's basically exactly like that. And what's funny about it, too, to me, is that I didn't really even feel like maybe right up till the very end of the movie that that changed no matter how much crazy shit was happening around him yeah he never really clued in but it wasn't like a comedy you know right, like right, it was right. like a serious movie but he just kept doing stuff where you're like man you are fucking anyway so that was yeah that was kind of refreshing and then the other thing that i thought they could have i would have liked to see them build on uh was that sort of idle hands thing they had going on where uh spoiler alert pause <laughs> and very early on in the movie, his buddy gets bitten by this like spider and he dies. And then he comes back as like a zombie. Uh, and Tom Cruise like kills him. But then he just is like his friend again. He just starts appearing to him as an increasingly more and more decayed corpse. Right. Just being like, hey, bro. Hey, yo, come meet me in the bathroom. We got to like talk about something, you know, and trying to sort of guide him right. in a way. And yeah. it's. But he's he's slightly more aggressive. But yeah, it's 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 cool. I I wanted. Yeah, he's aggressive, but he's still that guy. Right. Like he's still that character where he doesn't like you know where he's just like, dude, yo, this mummy's coming after you, bro, and yeah. she's not gonna stop. And there's nothing you can do. So I can't believe you shot me. Also, you know, like just it's it's very predictable. But right. like, so when they introduced that, I was like, uh, like after he first gets killed, I was like, oh fuck, I hope. There, there's no way that guy's just dead. They're going to bring him back somehow. Right. And and I'm kind of glad that they did. I liked the female mummy. Like... Yeah. I mean, that might be a silly thing to say, but a lot of people before the movie came out were like, like griping, like, oh, yeah, of course it's going to be like some hot chick who's the mummy, like beside Tom Cruise or whatever. But like, I thought she did a really good job at, at playing, you know, like an evil character. Yeah. 
and there was some genuinely like some of the the horror aspects were done pretty cool like the the scene with the plane crash when the she's like basically sucking the life out of instead of just like inhaling and sand coming off of people's faces and then them being dead and like her looking more together she just literally physically sucks the life out of them and it's pretty gross yeah they like you see their muscles like dry up kind of and they, that's how they become all like fucking yeah which yeah, yeah. which is kind of neat um i yeah i don't i don't know there's just like on the surface you take parts of this movie and you're like oh this would be a good movie mm -hmm. but like as a whole I, what also really bothered me was it kind of played out the same way as um uh indiana jones and the uh crystal skull no no um last crusade temple it, of doom i think it's raiders it, of the lost ark i think it's lost no it's lost ark where the like, first one yeah where 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 they're just like he's spending the entire movie trying to get them not to open the box and they open it anyway Mm -hmm. And the argument is like if the movie didn't ever have like if he had just f said fuck it I'll go home the outcome would have been exactly the same mm. right because like they would have opened it and they would have all died and that would have been that I've never heard that argument that's a good point though oh you, really no yeah but I mean he effectively does nothing the entire time he doesn't right. foil their plans in any way and the only way that they're defeated is you know by their own greed. So it would have happened regardless. And in fact, he would have been in less danger had he just stayed home. But uh, this movie, like we already said, spoiler alert, they're trying to like Russell Crowe is trying to convince Tom Cruise to stab himself with the sacrificial knife or whatever to put an end to the mummy. And he's like, no, fuck it. I won't do it. I won't do it. And then like the whole movie plays out. And then he's like, yeah, hey. like at that point, he's almost already won. He could have just destroyed the crystal. And then what? Like it would have been over. But he's like, nah, fuck it. I'm going to stab myself instead. Like, yeah. Why? Well, the, the, I think the thing that kind of makes this movie, I think it's arguably of all of them, its biggest weakness is that, you know, if you do any reading or you're kind of plugged into the, you know, you go to comingsoon.net or whatever, mm -hmm. Scream or Superhero Hype, you knew that what they're doing with this is they're starting a new unit, like a universal monster cinematic universe because right. now that Marvel's been so successful with it, everybody wants to do it. So this movie, which, which I think I'm not saying Marvel isn't guilty of it. They just did it in a way where a lot of their movies stand on their own. Right. And I think DC's and Warner brothers problem is that in a rush to catch up, they're making movies that do not necessarily stand on their own. Right. And I think that this had the same problem wherein that whole Jekyll thing, oh, which we haven't even talked about. It feels so forced. Yeah, but it was also a very large focal point of the movie. It's like a third of the movie yeah. is a, is, has no, like basically nothing to do with the mummy. They're just like, okay, let's press pause on this whole mummy thing. We got her chained up and we're pumping her full of fucking... Uh, uh, Mercury so yeah. just like okay just forget that she's there for the next half hour of the movie while we talk about you know and then there are the obvious shots showing like the vampire skull and all of these yeah. artifacts that are from other universal these other monster characters their little then, monster squad they have going on yeah and then at the end the end of the movie it's almost like one of those things where it's like okay the mummy was the female mummy or was it like is it called the mummy because it's actually introducing a new character right the mummy who you know i'm sure 
put two and two together, you figure out what I'm talking about. But yeah. so it had that sort of feeling where they didn't even try to make just like a horror thriller movie about a mummy. Right. It was like they wanted to make an introduction the first to the universe. Yeah, yeah, the first episode of a TV show with a Hollywood budget as a summer blockbuster. So it just kind of like, you know, if it was that, it would have made sense and probably would have been more enjoyable if you were just like, oh, this is like the first episode I can tune in to see what where he goes next. But right. now you're just like, okay, so what's next? Is it a Jekyll movie? Is it fucking Frank Dracula? Like what, what yeah. you know, when will we see this shit again? You know, it just kind of I did felt like hollow. that uh, the love interest dies though. Yeah, but she comes back. I know. I didn't like that, but I, I did like that. Like he wasn't able to save her. I mean, he comes yeah. back because, like, yeah, he, yeah, and he brings his buddy back. And Big whatever. spoiler. Oh, which is like the stupidest, the the biggest. I feel like hole in the movie is he's just like <laughs> one of the final scenes. He just literally says, "Thanks for bringing me back from the dead, man." Yeah, like, <laughs> that's it. You're like wait a minute, where was his corpse? Didn't it like burn up in that plant? You know, like, were they visions? How did he go? But, you know, like there's so many questions you have. It's just like, no, he's got magic powers. He just brought him back. It's yep. no big deal. And he then and then to explain it, just in case you watch that whole movie and you didn't realize he was dead, the fact that he says that, like yep. the first time you see him, they're like, this isn't a flashback. Okay, viewers. And they yep. just have him be like, listen, man, I really appreciate you bringing me back to life and all. Right. that's it that's that's all it gets and you're just like what anyway yeah but there's some i mean it is a big budget movie there's some yes some fun cool, cool, set piece, cool set pieces yeah. um some you know cool makeup some uh interesting setups i would say that the fighting and action scenes were not maybe framed the best you know they could have mm-hmm. been done better but yeah didn't love it. It was all right, though. I feel like there's been a lot of these kind of in between. He had his obligatory on airplane scene as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. That looked sweet when the plane was yeah. spinning at the end and he was like holding on to the... That was fucking cool. Most movies I find are somewhere in the middle, but like... Hmm. I think that's just by virtue of the fact that had we not started this, right? And mm-hmm. we watched some of these movies, we'd be like, that is utter garbage. Right, like right. we would totally. have just saw this movie and, and like been disgusted and upset, <laughs> right? Yep. But now because we've consumed so much, both bad and good, like movies like Turbo Kid, like The Mummy, kind of end up somewhere in an in between area, and only like the really, really horrible and really, really good stand out. I think. Speaking of really good and really horrible, I have a question for you. But before I get to that question, I don't know why I'm telling you this on mic, but uh, our friends at the party last night were making fun of me for liking Place Beyond the Pines. What? And I was like, are you crazy? Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, are you fucking kidding me? No. Bringing it back. Yeah. Wait. Okay. So and in what way though? How? I don't understand. I, I, we were talking about Ryan Gosling and they're like, yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. And I'm like, what the fuck? What, what is happening? What, who so, was there? I, I think this was Bennett, to be honest. Hmm. And I was like, name... Name me one bad Ryan Gosling movie. <laughs> name one. If you can name me one that was actually really bad, fine, I'll give it to you. But otherwise, like you, you have to like him now. So <laughs> just give him an ultimatum. So uh, 
I think it was Bennett and Dave Murray, maybe, were in this conversation. Hmm. And um, one of the movies they named was Crazy Stupid Love. And I was like, no, if you saw no. that movie, you'd, you'd know that it was a good movie. That movie's fantastic. It's hilarious. It's just a great feel. Fucking what? Yeah. So, oh, man, I wish I was so, there so I could have just uh, so then they pull up really a, rolled up my sleeves. and They pull up an IMDb list. Andrew's going to Andrew, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> they pull up an IMDb list of his movies and they're like, oh, what's the, that one? Place Beyond the Pines. Oh, that was garbage. I was like, that's probably <laughs> arguably one of his best movies. I love that movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. the soundtrack? Fucking, oh, dude. Wow. Well, yeah. Drive. Shocking. Shocking. Drive, great movie. Anyway. L- Lars and the Real Girl. Uh, Half Nelson. Half Nelson. Okay, I got one that I didn't love, but I also didn't hate. Only God Forgives. I haven't seen that. It was just like kind of post-Drive. You expect it to be Drive set in uh, Asia, you know? But okay. it's not. Okay, well, we listed off Which a bunch of Ryan yeah. Gosling movies, but let me ask you a question. What is your favorite or top three Tom Cruise films? Mm, Mission Impossible 4. Is that the one where he's climbing the building in Dubai? Yeah. Rogue Wait, Nation, not Rogue. No, Nation. not Rogue Nation. Ghost Rogue Protocol. Nation's the newest one. Ghost Protocol. Yeah. Rogue Nation is number five. Ghost yeah. Protocol is number four. Yeah. Uh, then maybe Mission Impossible three. <laughs> oh shit! Okay. Ooh, and then what else? Maybe something like classic. Top Gun's always a pretty good laugh. I don't know. It might just be all Mission Impossible movies because... A few Good Men's pretty good. Yeah, I don't have a list in front of me. I'm having a hard time getting past, like... The Firm? Cocktail. Uh, Taps? No. Oh, that's old school, though. Uh, Suspect Zero. What is Suspect Zero? Minority Report. Yeah, Minority Report was... Jerry Maguire. Rain Man. Vanilla Sky. Oh, yeah. Fuck, he's been in a lot of movies Oblivion. that I just couldn't think. Oh, I liked Oblivion a lot. And you know what? Magnolia. Not a ton of people. I don't remember people enjoying that movie, but I thought it was pretty cool. It, it was okay. It, I thought it, it, from a production standpoint, it was sick. Like, again, it, it was that it, whole thing where people are like, oh, it's so predictable. If I had to rate it on a binary scale of should you see it or not see it, I would say see it. Yeah. Which brings me to, okay, let's just talk about this for one sec real quick, because we recently had a board game night. Okay, hold on. Before we do that, though, just really quick. My top three, Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, fuck. Edge of Tomorrow is definitely in my top three. How could I forget it? Uh, Edge of Tomorrow, Last Samurai. Oh, fuck. Dude, he's in a lot of movies that I really enjoyed. And I'm going to say... Was it he in Valkyrie as well? Yeah. Fuck. I'm going to say MI4, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, so you were saying we had a board game night. And... I don't remember what we were talking about. A movie came up that I liked, of course. This is usually how it happens. Mm-hmm. And uh, and our buddy Joe, yeah, I'm naming names, was basically like, yeah, you know, it was, I don't know, like it just, it was basically the gist of why he didn't like it was because it wasn't like fresh, which I feel like is another thing that's happened over this podcast. I don't disagree with that. I think that obviously I want to see new things, you know? Sure. And I'm just as tired of them just rebooting and recycling and relaunching everything as the next person. But I don't think that that necessarily makes things bad, you know, or or even just unenjoyable. Like, I think that 
if you use have you said what movie we're talking about no i can't remember what it was it's just the conversation in general because we were talking about uh just a little bit about formula and and i think it comes up a lot in this show where you're like oh like you know when you think back to english class in high school or just like when you're learning about storytelling you know Mm -hmm. at its root there there's you know you got your comedies and tragedies or whatever when it comes to like theater and like sort of the history of storytelling and i just think that there's it's almost like the same thing that happens with music where i don't want to say people age out but they kind of at there's a point where your brain stops being quite as elastic and you're not as open to like you know and that's when you kind of are like okay well i only like this music that I really was into during my formative years and I'm not really open to new things even sure. you know because a lot of new things are just recycled versions of old things yeah it's like the same with movies like so maybe you've seen a secret agent movie a bunch of times that has a twist at the end where it turns out that the guy's boss is actually the bad guy right, right. That, I just probably that that applies to like probably like hundreds of movies right but tons of the tons of those are great movies you know what yeah. I mean and it's like well basically if it applies to like Ghost in the Shell and stuff too like yeah even, it, it, it's just a thing that happens even it's, if it's predictable yeah you know like I, and i think that basing not i'm not saying you know i'm not saying that joe was basing his entire opinion on that but it does yeah. often seem like people sum it up by being like yeah i called it like a third of the way in and then i just like didn't care it's like dude but like so that's I'll, life man there's, i'll, I'll there's say stories two things that to are that i'll say two things to that yeah. one is if they can retell it in a stylistic way for example kingsman Mm. I really like Kingsman. Some people are whatever about it. No, it's great. They're I'm wrong. excited about the sequel, but it it is no different than pretty much any other spy movie or any other like sort of film where an older person takes a younger person under his wing and teaches him an art. Sure, right? But they they did it in a new kind of stylistic, funny, interesting way that you're like, oh yeah, cool. Yeah. But I will also say that. You know, when someone's like, oh, it's too predictable, like, I uh, checked out. It really depends on what, what the movie is. Mm. So if it's something like, say, Sixth Sense, as an example, the entire movie hinges on the twist mm-hmm. or like the usual suspects, mm-hmm. you know, and if you call that or Fight Club, best example, probably. Mm. If you call that one right away or read the book, you're just like, oh, no, you know, because like it half of the enjoyment you can still enjoy the movie. Yeah, I was going to say, how could you not? Because yeah, half the fun for me with Fight Club was then rewatching it sure. ad nauseum because right. now I knew and I was like, oh, fuck, they really. But nothing will ever beat that initial enjoyment of being like, what the fuck? That's so crazy. <laughs> yeah. It was ruined for me, by the way, Fight Club. Oh, that's awesome. By Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> oh, you told me this story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Uh... Is I big, mean, that's fair. That's fair. Look, I'm not like fucking, I'm not calling anybody out to say that they're, they're wrong. It's yeah, just like, but fuck you, Joe. It gets, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just, I don't even it, remember. It just what you gets were like, about. it just like many things, you know, the same way that seeing constant reboots is tiresome. I'm almost just like, guys, like, stop just dismissing stuff because it's not fucking like an all new thing. Because, you know, some, I think some of the most enjoyable stuff that we've watched has just been maybe the same old thing with a slight twist. Sure. And I think that if you dismiss it early on or you kind of dismiss it out of hand, you know, you could, I don't know. You miss just, out. Yeah. It's, and it's also just better to enjoy things and like. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Try and find, you know, the positive in it. Mm. Unless it's Pacific Rim <laughs> or Force Awakens. 
Just kidding. Well, we'll see. All right. Have they released a trailer for the new Star Wars? Yeah. yeah. Was well, it just there's a teaser a though, right? There's, there's a couple. There's. I think there's two. I only saw the the one. Maybe there's just the teaser and then all the behind the scenes featurettes, okay. which they're releasing before releasing a trailer, which seems to be the thing to do with big movies now, <sighs> like Avengers. Guys. Anyway. Uh, Recos. Yeah. What What do you got on on tap for us? Uh, okay, so another franchise reboot, Planet of the Apes. Mm, yes. So A lot of high praise for this film. I recently, uh, Bennett, who's come up quite a few, we've got to have him back on the show. He's come up quite a few times in just this episode alone. Mm-hmm. I uh, was like, hey, do you want to go see War for the Planet of the Apes? And I was kind of in my head, I was like, oh, I haven't seen one and two. Um, I always thought the trailers looked great and then just never got around to seeing the actual movies because Planet of the Apes. And he's like, oh, you should watch them. So, so then I proceeded... that was your first watching? Yeah. Oh. I watched I watched Dawn of the Planet of the Apes followed by Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Well, at the office. In about 24 hours. No, I watched... Yeah, I watched one of them at the end of the day. Or in the afternoon, in and the then afternoon. I saw because it was on my server, and I was like, "Somebody's watching a movie right now." Anyway, oh, true. Yeah, Plex. Yeah, the internet. I should have known. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, the second one I watched uh, just at home. And it, they but I, wa- I watched get, them in like twenty-four hours. They progressively get better. The first one I didn't really easy to watch at the office because you don't really need to watch it. So, fucking Mark Wahlberg. I'm not saying what isn't the first one with Mark no, Wahlberg? James Franco. Oh, and John Lithgow. Where's Wahlberg in this whole thing? He's not in any of them. Is he in the original? Like not the original, but is he in the first reboot that they did? Maybe. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. So I kind of had it running. <clears throat> really, the best part, as Bennett even pointed out, was the third act of the first movie. Mm-hmm. So that was that was one of the few things I've been able to just kind of background, but. That's not to say it's not good, but it's just not amazing. But then the second one was fucking sick. And I watched those two in like a 24-hour span. And then the next day went and saw War in theater. So I watched them kind of in a really, in like the best possible way. And that I watched them in rapid succession. So there's three of them, right? There's three. The third one is the one that's currently in theaters, War for the Planet of the Apes. And all I'll say is that I think if you're like me and you're like, oh, James Franco or oh like monkey you know planet of the apes like it's another reboot you know basically what I was just talking about just dismissing it out of hand yeah like I may have done initially being like oh this trailer looks dope and then just but I'm not gonna watch this movie so I saw them both on horses the first two in theaters Mm -hmm. and I remember liking the first one and being indifferent about the second one I'm gonna watch them again though before I see the new one the new one is great Anyway, that's a, that was a long-winded way of saying that my recommendation is just if you haven't seen those three movies, just maybe check them out. And if you have seen the first two and you're like, eh, you should definitely go see the third one in theaters. Yeah. Because uh, I think they took a really interesting... It, it, it feels a little bit heavier. Not that I've watched the original in anything but clips or pop culture references, yeah. but there's like a weight to it about humans and our relationship with nature, but not just humans and our relationship with nature. It's kind of like splice in that the amount of themes that it covers kind of in a subtle way. Some of them are, they hit you over the head, but just like, I mean, you know, like uh, 
hubris, like man and science, uh, right. man's relationship to nature. But then as it progresses, it's also just about like psycho like social psychology mm -hmm. and like, you know, realizing, you know, the second movie, obviously it starts off as like humans versus a couple apes. And then the second one is like mostly apes versus humans with some blurring. And then it, this isn't a spoiler. If you've seen the trailer, the third one is kind of like apes and humans versus apes and humans. Right. So it's like, it's more about ideology maybe. And it's more, you know, so there's like, it's, it's, there's a lot of uh, stuff to digest there. If you're willing to just like suspend your disbelief and just like, and I think it's very easy to do because they look gorgeous mm -hmm. and yeah, they're fine. That's Andy my recommendation. Andy does a good job. He does a great job. My favorite character is Maurice the Orangutan. Shit, it's Maurice. Nice. He's the best character easily. So I guess I'll do a music recommendation. Time Magazine recently put out the top 50 emo revival bands in an article. Time Magazine? No, Spin. Spin? I think it was Spin. Not Time. I wish it was Spin. Time. I wish you hadn't corrected yourself. Spin. The red logo in my mind. The cover? It's kind just, of it was just a picture of a silhouette of Chris Carrabba. I wish. Just said, no, yeah. Revival, though. Okay. Um, and there was a couple names on the list that I had not come across previous, previously. So my recommendation for the week is going to be a band called Pity Sex. Oh, you hadn't heard of Pity Sex before? No. Bro. Pretty good. They're good. That's a great recommendation. Yeah. I. Uh, you know that song, was it Walk the Dog? You know that one? No. Okay, whatever. Well, I, I, That's I, one we should queue up. I don't know most of them. Oh. I don't know most the of them by walk or something, by something like title, that. but I like uh, I like to wind up. Hmm. But hold on, their album art is great too. I don't even, and their band name. I don't even see the song you're talking about. Let me look it up. So I'm probably me. just got the name wrong. Anyway, cool. Maybe it's on a different album. Oh, they have they have more albums than I was initially led to believe. Oh yeah, it's called Dog Walk. Cool. One word. Um, yeah, so I am definitely, uh, I'll cue that up for you guys. And, uh, next week our films will, or films, our items will be, uh, time crimes. Oh yeah. This is the hidden gem. Yep. And the, you gotta love it is virtuosity. Yeah. that right? Yeah. Virtuosity starring, um, Denzel and Russell. Yeah. There you go. Russell Crowe, Denzel Washington. Make it happen. All right, guys, until next time, keep loving it. Bye.